Hey, Joe, I've heard you've been playing Devil May Cry 5. Hey, Kyle, I heard you've been playing Fez. You want to talk about it on this episode of How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Backlog? Heck yeah, let's do it. So, Devil May Cry 5. Mm-hmm. I know that this game is edgy, and that's it. Can you <laughs> please inform me what this game actually is? I, I almost wouldn't put it on the edgy scale. It's um, I think some of its previous iterations probably could be considered edgy. This one's a little more self-aware, and I think is purposely, purposefully cheesy. Because they all have these stupid one-liners that just make you roll your eyes incredibly hard. But, uh, yeah, have you ever played the earlier games, the the originals? I, nope, I have zero actual playing. I've only seen little bits and pieces here for the actual, like, gameplay, even on, like, streaming services, so. Okay, okay. Uh, I've, I've, and almost the same here. I've played very little of the first one, and I've mostly watched friends play the old ones back when they were released, but, um... Yeah, I've always wanted to fully get into it. I have played DMC, the um, the generally hated one, but uh, they they remake Dante and everybody hates it. I don't know why. I actually enjoyed it mechanically. It's a pretty fun game, but okay, I might get grilled for saying that. <laughs> DMC five though, it, uh, also incredibly fun game. I I thought you know I can I'm like yeah I'm good at video games, and then I was playing this and I was getting just beat up constantly and not even during normal gameplay the game like lulls you into a into like yeah oh yeah i can beat up a bunch of demons and i'm doing fine and you're just rolling through levels but you get to the bosses in some of these levels and i'd try like 20 times on a boss in a level that i beat without getting hurt at all so I guess to open with this is the learning curve is very weird and the difficulty spikes heavily on bosses. So that my first impression was that uh, that it was going to be a difficult game to actually get through with 20 levels, you know, uh, in the entire game. And every single one I was getting stuck on the boss for <laughs> for way longer than I played the actual level for. And um, what kind of... Uh... I know it's at least you you fight stuff, but how are you fighting all these creatures and bosses? That's kind of one of the interesting things about this game. You start with a character named Nero, who um, is, I would say, one of the more basic characters, a great one to start with. And you're just uh, doing some stylish hack and slashing, basically. You just target an enemy, um, and you have almost Tekken or arcade fighter-like combos to pull off. Um, so, like, you'll press... <laughs> the 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 moves will literally say, like, press YY, and then wait for a second, and then press YYYY <laughs> to, like, do this oh, combo. And then, okay. and then they all kind of branch off. Like, if you did this, then you can go do this combo branching off, like, from there. And they all have... It, it makes the skill ceiling quite high. Um, 
and with but you can also spam the buttons i'm assuming as well you can spam them but you will not do very well if you do that uh i started i started with spamming in the beginning but really to to actually beat some of the enemies later on uh, you'll need to press the buttons in a rhythm and get used to trying out combos if you really want to you know excel at the end um but yeah, the the first character pretty basic. You're just doing these rhythm combos. Uh, if you can't reach a character, you can pull out your guns and just shoot them for very little damage. Guns never felt that great to me, because you could see their health, and it would just sometimes I'm like, is it moving? I'm shooting them, but nothing's <laughs> happening. Uh, and then he's kind of nice. He has like a grapple. He has a prosthetic arm, so you can grapple enemies to come to you, or you can grapple them and go to them to try and keep your combo going. Um, and it'll rate you right there on the spot, depending on how varied your combo is and um, how consistent you've been, you know, attacking enemies. So it'll, you know, it'll start by telling you you're doing terrible all the way up to triple S rank, which I achieved very few times uh, sure. while, you're, while you're ripping through demons. And that's pretty satisfying playing through and like getting, watching the rank pop up once you get a nice flow of combat going. But uh, but yeah, that's just the first character. Uh, a few levels into the game, they jar you a little bit, um, and you get to play as another character that you've been interacting with, and uh, his name is B, <clears throat> and his play for style... Vendetta. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, for Virgil, um, and his play style is way different. You control these shadow creatures from afar and you press buttons to have them attack for you and then they are unable to kill anything though so you have to go in for the killing blow with your cane so you're playing as like a weird frail guy uh that looks like a 70s rock star and uh and you just have to try and like stay back avoid attacks uh until it's time to go get the final blow and then and then get back out of there so it's a little more strategic with him and it 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 was pretty jarring game gameplay change, and I I liked both play styles, but um, not getting to choose every level which character I played as uh, made me less interested in, <laughs> in continuing. Okay, because I don't. Yeah, I, I was like... going to ask: is that was was that like a choice, or if that was a you are now playing X character or there, B character? There were a few levels where they're like, oh, you want to play as V or N- Nero, and and. Uh, and you can choose, but there were not many where you got a, a great choice of characters. What was cool, though, was uh, when I was online, it will pair you up with somebody else that's playing. And I thought I would be playing alongside them and we'd be fighting the same demons. But the levels, depending on who you chose, are intertwined. So you can see them in the distance fighting their monsters and going through the level somewhat simultaneously with you. Um, and you can see the rate ranking they're getting in the corner if they're doing good or bad. And then you can rate them at the end, and that'll give them extra bonuses. So I just gave everybody the highest ranking because you're too nice. Why not? Well, I also couldn't <laughs> see you're not side by side, so I couldn't actually see them most of the time. So I'm like, yeah, you did great. Yeah, have have some more orbs or whatever you get. Um, is that a gameplay requirement or is that like an optional online like feature? Optional online. I think. Okay. I'm, I I did not test this extensively, but it seemed like either times when I couldn't connect, or um, 
or maybe nobody else was online uh, at the exact same time, it would just run a an either an AI or a pre-recorded like uh, character going through. It would just say featuring. It 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 just puts like featuring you know the player's name or whatever in the corner. But when that mm-hmm. would happen, it would say featuring the DMC crew, and I just unless that was a player I got like half the time, <laughs> which I don't think it was. I think it was running an AI character through it. Um, it it was the uh it wasn't the DMC crew it was the DK crew oh that's what it Donkey was Kong. some old rare <laughs> Nintendo devs up on there uh, <laughs> um but yeah all the levels very linear uh very very light puzzles in a few of them where you're taking little nidhog hatchlings and having them eat a weird uh, root thing that was uh, suggestive looking. And what, uh, what was that word? <laughs> Nidhog. Nid- yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is that? It, apparently, this is me um, extrapolating from the game Nidhog and from this game, but it seems to be some mythical worm creature. And uh, in, oh. in this game, you're pulling little Nidhog hatchlings. They just look like these little uh, grubby, wormy things with uh, really long tentacles. And you just like pull them from their little uh, egg spot, and then you put them on this root that they love eating, and then it disappears, and now you can move forward. So, so yeah, learned a little bit about Nidhogs. Who knows if it's actual lore or not? Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, linear. Uh, some hidden puzzles. Uh, some challenges you could pop into. Nothing I was too interested in seeking out. And uh, and then they throw in one more character. Uh, the original Dante character from the series, and that, okay. and that is when the uh, the the skill ceiling really takes off because he, uh, the previous characters, you just have you know your sword, your gun, uh, for Nero, and then the shadow creatures for V. With Dante, you have uh, like an armory of completely different weapons to swap through on the fly while you're playing. All the way to uh, two halves of a motorcycle that you're swinging around. That's how ridiculous his weapons get. But of course, yes, yeah. of course. Uh, nunchucks, uh, you know, some some boxing gloves, or you could switch over to kickboxing mid combo with those ones. His swords, it's ridiculous. You could dual wield rocket launchers with him. So he's a lot of fun. But I felt like okay. I was never hitting the peak of his potential because because <laughs> there are so many things to attempt to incorporate into his combos that, uh, that sounds more like the dmc that i've picked mm-hmm. up through osmosis of culture right there I, so yeah I, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that bit of it at least <laughs> yeah it was fun it was definitely fun swapping between all of them um the, mechanically though the game uh between all the characters was interesting and i think i disliked this a little bit to to actually go through your combos you have to be targeting an 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 wow an enemy there we go i see an enemy uh was what i was trying to say there (laughs) it's all underwater you didn't mention that but it's uh it's an all underwater (laughs) it's an aquatic game uh you need to be targeting an enemy 
and your combo's direction depends on where the enemy is standing relative to you. So in the tutorials and you know the instructions, it'll say, yeah, press forward y y y space y y y y y y y to do your attack. But if the enemy is behind you, you have to press backwards and do it. Or if they're to the left of you, oh. yeah, it's it's uh, a little difficult to grasp at first. And I still think I never fully mastered it, but uh, the the especially difficult thing was dodging because you had to move your joystick uh, perpendicular to basically so that you're strafing, you know, so perpendicular to your the direction you're facing towards the enemy. And then press sure. the dodge button. But sometimes the enemy would be moving, I'd be moving, so I'd try and dodge, and it would do, it would start a combo or something like that. So, the I think the controls could have been a little improved. But um, other than that, yeah, it was. Uh, I think that's my only real gripe. The visuals were stunning, and it ran great on my laptop. I'm playing this all on a laptop, max settings, and uh, I. I'd be watching a cutscene and it'd do that thing where it just rolls into the gameplay camera and I'm like, oh yeah, that's just how the game looks. That's not like cutscene CGI or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if yeah. that was your only like complaint was a little bit about the like the gameplay, mm-hmm. uh, does that mean you really enjoyed the story that was along with it? Or did you <laughs> oh, also man. have some issues no, with that? I guess I can't say I enjoyed the story. It seemed like uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like uh, just really you the most trivial reason for anybody to be like fighting it honestly doesn't make sense by the end of it the person you're fighting ends up being your brother the whole time but after he causes all this chaos he ends up helping you to try and clean up the chaos without having a reason to help you like you never gave him a reason you just bested him in singular combat at one point and he still wants to fight you so that's brotherly relations right there. I don't know what you're talking about. I, you're you're I, fighting and then your mom yells at you and you have to go both clean you know, up the leads in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Just a childhood simulator. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the, the story for that reason just felt a little silly. It was, it, but I, that's also kind of the DMC flavor, I think, that most of them have. What What was nice, since I have not played through all the games, is they actually give you a short cinematic that'll go through all the games in chronological order and tell you what happened so before i oh, start nice yeah before i start the, the problem is it's playing metal music so like uh, over everything else that i actually had to silence it so i could read all the text because it, <laughs> it was too distracting to read and follow what was going on that was going to be my next question was about the music uh, <laughs> as my earlier comment about being edgy at the, the little trailers and stuff I've seen have just been, yeah, that <laughs> hardcore metal kind of sound to it. So. Oh, I dig. I, I, I dug the music in this. I was, I was completely in it uh, when they were playing the music. That was a lot of, a lot of good stuff in there. Um, yeah. Overall, just a high quality, well done game with a few hiccups here and there. Lots of nice touches. Uh, your your kind of hub that you upgrade your characters out of between levels and sometimes in the middle of levels is a van, a, a big gnarly van being driven by uh, a friend named Nico, and you will summon her sometimes by finding a phone booth 
that's just sticking out of some demon wreckage every once in a while. And they had a separate cutscene for every single time you go to summon her in each level. That's how much time they put into it. But you just like, you know, put your quarter in, give her a call, and she will like come flying out of a wall sometimes, or she'll like mm-hmm. overshoot a ramp and the character will have to try and stop her from flying too far away and by the time she's done the van is there in the level and you hop in and upgrade your characters and then go fight a boss for an hour so it was uh i, I really enjoyed the that a <laughs> little bit that i saw streaming was that van like popping out of the ground i believe yes was there's it? there's yeah. one point where i think she's driving a weird uh organic demonic plant ramp she's driving up it and eventually just like like a whale breaching from the <laughs> surface <laughs> of the ocean it's um the most ridiculous thing in this game all right so it wasn't taking itself too seriously so that's no, always a good I, sign I, with which was games. nice i think the game was self-aware there'd just be you know the stupidest comments coming from the character you know like csi miami one-liners when sure yeah just really really cheesy stuff so i think they're at least I hope they were aware. It was too cheesy not to be self-aware, I think. But This uh, time the devil will cry. <laughs> I think they High do. Five. I think they literally <laughs> do make a joke about that. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, that is, that is literally said. Um, <laughs> I'm offended I wasn't invited to be part of the writing team now after hearing all this. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's this right up your totally alley. alley. Yeah. <laughs> the line was, I think the literal line was, I guess some devils do cry right after somebody was like tearing up. So that's oh, what man. you missed. Um, I think that hits all the points for me though. <laughs> There's not, okay. It's a straightforward game and they did an amazing job with, yeah, just a little weird. <laughs> Frivolous story. I did not play the DLC. There's DLC where you get to play as Virgil, which I assume is just a whole nother you know, entire thing to learn, which bravo to them for having such variety between characters that that would be an undertaking for me, I feel like, to get that DLC. Well, your uh, review of the DLC for DMC will be TBD uh, at some point in the future. <laughs> of course, so of course. We'll I have to, no ETA. We'll have to bring that. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of three-letter words... Uh... Hit me with it. Let's talk about those cute little hats that you wear when you get into the Shriners Club. Yeah, the little fezes. As yeah, it were. yeah, fezes are cool. I like fezes. <laughs> so fez is a. It's well, like Wikipedia says, is a like puzzle platformer. I'm just gonna call it a indie platformer because oh. this game does a lot of, um attempts to do a lot of stuff that's kind of bigger than it is mm-hmm. and it doesn't always pay off um but the gimmick of this game i'm gonna use the word gimmick very specifically here <laughs> is that it's a 2d platformer but you can hit uh i think a and d to rotate uh the world by 90 degrees and so you're on it like it basically four sides of a building mm-hmm. you're now facing a new side of it mm-hmm. and so that reveals more platforms and if you're like if you walk out to a platform and then you change your perspective you can actually make jumps in the 2d world onto the next platform because it's 2d mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and this is like very i enjoyed the pixel art i've played 30 minutes of this uh like five different times trying to get into yeah it. and i really <laughs> enjoy the pixel art i think the, the 
everything looks cool. What did what did you think about that though? How do you feel about that type of aesthetic? The aesthetic was all right. Um, it was sometimes a little bit oversimplified. Like you can tell that they were trying to add a lot of detail, but it actually kind of lacked a lot of like charm because it was so pixelated. Okay. And like there's these worlds that you like explore, and there's lots of different sections. There's like a town you start off in. There's a forest area. There's a, uh, yeah, there's just like, uh, there's a whole graveyard looking section. And it's just like, oh, there's all these things, but you have like an owl that's like three pixels high. And you're like, okay, <laughs> guess that's it. I guess that's an owl there. Okay. <laughs> uh, but this game had, I believe it came out in 2012. And I think it even won game of the year in some websites or gaming a lot of accolades, uh, organizations right? yeah I yeah re- i remember thinking it won a lot of awards because everybody really wanted phil fish to make that second one <laughs> yes but he, and i <laughs> that's got some drama behind yeah. it yeah <laughs> we're, we're gonna ignore that whole uh oh, whole man, thing that's right the there best so. part. okay <laughs> all right that's fine continue uh but yes yeah, so i why it won those awards was because it does a lot of stuff that creates a lot of mystery to it which uh, is interesting if you really got sucked into the game from the platforming. For me, I wasn't that sucked in that I cared to do like the extra uh, part of it. Um, so what you're doing throughout the game is you're collecting either um, there's. I'll, I'll go back to the beginning and explain it a bit more. Okay. Um, so basically, you uh, get the. F- the fez which is like a magical thing that allows mm-hmm. you to start turning the world in 3D from like this old. I don't know if he's your grandpa or just an old adventurer. I forget the details. Yeah, because they that. like live in a two-dimensional world, right? Until you wear yes. the fez, and then you could perceive things in three dimensions. Is that what it is? Correct. Yeah. And, and two at the yeah, same as far time. as you knew, yeah, your world was two D, and that's all you had. And so it, it does some things that attempts to be clever. Like it kind of does a your game restarted, and it like does the login screen, and then when you reload, then the world's three D. Ooh, how funny! Uh, but so you're collecting there's like a thing that follows you around and kind of gives you instructions and guides you along your journey like a little navi Um, fairy right do they even make very much so uh, reference to that at the beginning or something yeah i think it says hey listen at some point yeah that's part Uh, of the five times i've restarted this game (laughs) right there just (laughs) yeah exactly Uh. uh so you're collecting um what you see when you get the fez is that there's this like hypercube thing um, that's made of 64 smaller blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically just get dispersed throughout the world. Um, so you can either collect the whole blocks or you can collect like eight smaller blocks that make up into a block. Um, so it's just different mechanics on how to collect those. Um, okay. Part of the thing that I discovered is that there's a... Uh, there's like an anti version of each one, which is how you, I believe you get up to the 64 because you only need 32 to actually beat the game oh, okay. um, of cubes and anti cubes. And so the anti cubes are usually a lot more uh, world exploring stuff. And there's some things that are really great with the world exploring. Like there was a thing of like, oh, you have to get a um, it's a four dimensional clock <laughs> and you have to get the arms to line up. And it's really cool aesthetically and kind of fun to get it to work. But there's other ones that I believe you scan a QR code. Oh. And then you have to input like a series of commands. And that's how you get an anti-cube. 
So you have to do that things one... outside of the game then to complete these puzzles. Yes. And a lot of the, when I was getting, I had like 29 of the 32, I believe. And I explored pretty much every level and there's not really, there's kind of a fast travel system, but if you're trying to get back to an area that you know that there's some more stuff to explore, you have to once again, walk through the whole thing. Uh, it's not like you can just jump to individual scenes as it were. Okay. So you have to be really into it to be doing this extra stuff. Cause you're going to be doing a lot of backtracking. Yeah. A lot of backtracking. And, okay. um, my, one of my biggest issues with this, indie platformer is that the platforming has a lot of issues with it oh really um so with navigating through um different worlds that you're spinning around and stuff you're usually traveling between them through like doors Mm -hmm. and uh oftentimes you're either climbing or uh climbing down and there's a certain distance that if you fall you die on the one hand it's good because you respond just like what platform you just dropped off of but when I'm trying to get down to a door and Fez keeps dying because I'm like two spaces like high. <laughs> short of where I need to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it is so frustrating. <laughs> I'm just trying to get down uh-huh. and I don't want to climb the ivy to get there. I just want to get down and he just keeps dying. Uh. And there's a lot of times with uh, like your single blocks you have to jump on to jump onto the next thing. Mm-hmm. I was finding if you like respawn on that block and try to make the jump. Oftentimes you wouldn't make it. You actually have to like tap back and then tap forward to then make the jump to get a little bit of momentum. Oh, so there is a little and, bit more like in this simple looking game, they kind of have a, a momentum based platforming going on. It's momentum based platforming, but I think it's an oversight. And why I say it's an oversight oh. is also uh, this game is also extremely buggy. <laughs> there is a number of graphical errors and like puzzle breaking things that happen throughout it that i actually had to like go back into the previous world and like restart the the area that i was trying to do Wow, i've not heard this take on this before i did i know it's a handmade engine by one of the developers of the game uh but i i i just assumed it was it was concrete it was good to go (laughs) and that's why i was so surprised about like being game of the year because yeah there was so much of that was just buggy and things like didn't make any sense interesting and they haven't patched it obviously since because it's been would you say 2014 or 2012 2012 okay i i wonder when they just absolutely stopped development on it then that's interesting well yeah so yeah, there's a lot of uh, a good portion of them are just like graphical things that a bomb mm-hmm. is like still present, but it's not like you can't touch it anymore. But there are times okay. that like I did some weird clipping through platforms and stuff like that. So, <laughs> OK. OK, yeah, I did not play enough to, to actually run into any issues like that, obviously. But uh, yes, I heard there was also a considerable amount of notepad and paper puzzling to do like on top of qr codes i have some friends that have played it and said yeah you're gonna want a notepad there's a funky language in this game yeah you're gonna have to decipher to clear puzzles uh did you run uh, into any of that i did um well uh i was at like 29 out of 32 around that same time mm-hmm. and that's when i started kind of looking it up because i understood it was there Mm-hmm. Um, and basically you go in one very specific room and, um, 
it uses basically Tetris shapes uh, to okay. uh, tell you what your input should be. Mm-hmm. So if it is like a L uh, Tetris shape, uh, you're probably holding like you're going left. And okay. then if you rotate the world, it's like a T-shaped Tetris shape. I, I forget the specifics, mm-hmm. but you can write those down and figure out some stuff through that. Um, okay. And so then you can but... from there slowly decode the rest of it. Is that uh the correct understanding or there's um there's when yeah sometimes you see like writings on the wall and then you do that input and then it does it for you okay um there the one time that i found really frustrating (laughs) um for the little bit that i explored into that language um was there it was this uh uh, world like island thing that had a like waterfall okay and so when i was rotating my perspective I could see that there was a door behind the waterfall. Okay. And so I go up behind the waterfall and try to enter this door. <laughs> that was clearly open because it was spinning around, and I could see that the opening was open. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it wouldn't let me in until I did the input to let the waterfall part, and then I could enter so it. So you could actually see the door. But I could see the door. Don't exist unless you see them on that two-dimensional plane, right? But I was behind the waterfall. So you didn't exist. <laughs> I, like, my shadow was there. Okay. Um, some, oh, sometimes if you, like, spin around and you're behind stuff, it shows you that you're, like, yeah, behind okay. objects. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. So there was things like that that were uh, along of... with... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, so kind of inconsistent in informing the player what to do sometimes. Uh, yes. Based and that on what you goes... Know. Yeah, and there's a lot of times in exploring different areas um, that they add new mechanics. Okay. Then you they're used like three times, um, and then that's it. Like there's ones that you jump on the platform, and there's like a another corresponding piece, and they try to like squish you, mm-hmm. and so you got to like jump to the side and then jump on top of the other one. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's like three or maybe four um, worlds that have that. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and I think I asked you this already, but uh, how much time was your investment in this game? I did about four hours. It probably would have been five if I, you know, uh, didn't get some help on the final few. Um, okay. But yeah, I got the 32. Um, and you kind of, you're opening these doors that require the number of cubes as required. And then you kind of find a... Uh, a town that has people that I assume can also uh, rotate the world and live in this 3d space without fences. Um, yeah. Oh, Cause they're like, you're they're in the secret world. So unless you're just finding another 2d civilization mm-hmm. and then there's times that uh, you're talking to people and like, they're the only one on this 2d plane. And so I was like, Oh, is there life just alone? Cause like <laughs> they have no one on this plane of existence with them. Uh huh. <laughs> and so that's a bit confusing if you start thinking about it. I mean, the whole world, all these worlds are like weird little islands, though, right? They're just uh, very, very micro <laughs> biomes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's the there's like the island world. There's the um, the graveyard world, which had something that I really enjoyed about it, um, that there's invisible platforms that kind of get illuminated through uh, lightning flashes. Oh, okay. um, but in addition to that, 
Um, you can also, it's raining, so you can see the rain actually kind of uh, bounce top. off of it. Okay. Yep. And so I'm like, that's great. That's a wonderful detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, that, but yeah there's... that's a nice mechanic, it sounds like. A, a extra, extra mechanic to this puzzle. Sorry, indie platforming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was one um, back in the like island worlds that there's a treasure chest, which usually there's a couple keys in the game. Not enough to really stop you from doing anything, but there's enough that you have to specifically get chests to unlock some areas. And um, it was, I don't, I didn't understand what I was doing exactly because I jumped off and I landed on a visible platform and it didn't have any rain or anything. So I didn't know it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I rotated it 90, mm-hmm. I didn't land on anything. But if I rotated it 180, there was like a, somehow it like got me closer to it and it it literally took me like i was just spamming buttons because i didn't understand the mechanics of how the platform was actually located in the world maybe that was a (laughs) no i guess it couldn't have been a one-dimensional platform i don't know (laughs) yeah it was like it not in the 90 degree space which was really weird unless i was it was one block and i was just happy just a two-dimensional platform yeah you can only see it in certain perspectives I don't know. Yeah, so it was really weird with that. Um, but yeah, so Graveyard Islands, there's a kind of a underground area that you um, spin some um, like levers to raise and lower the water. Okay. And uh, it kind of turns into a like almost a Game Boy color aesthetic that is like a monochrome and like the resolution is even less. <laughs> <laughs> it, like kind of that... Uh... I want to say green or brown. Uh, green, yeah, it was green. green oh, like okay, that. yeah, okay. that's cool. I, I do like that aesthetic, but I don't know <laughs> how you took. But it. I got I got through that area in like five minutes, I think, and I was I think that was I explored pretty much everything. So oh, wow, okay, it's just a quick. Little... And then there was an area that I had to unlock by a key, I believe, that was once again a different aesthetic. I don't know if it was a reference to a different game or not, but it was once again like. Um, different pixel aesthetic and you had like a shit like a light source around you so it was harder to find the platforms Mm -hmm. and it was oh it was the platforms were like appearing and disappearing based on the music oh i wonder if i would have caught on to that right that's interesting what'd you think but once again it was a very small gimmick in the overall game and i think i got like four blocks maybe oh okay just them trying stuff, seeing what sticks, it sounds like, you know, for their second game that they're going to make any day now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the, the grand aspect of, because I've heard Fez mentioned for eight years, nine years at this point mm-hmm. of how like important it was to like indie games. But all I think about is <laughs> like something like Braid, which did this kind of platformer mechanic like specialized indie mechanic but a lot better and i don't know if you've played braid before a bit of both i was very much into this new wave indie game scene because it was i think everybody was amazed that you know little plebeian people can make games a global market could get into but uh i played a, a little bit of both puzzles generally are just not my my favorite but i think i know what you mean um, yeah, and can, Braid is a indie puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. Fez is a indie platformer because it has a gimmick that 
controls how you do your actual movement, not that you need to uh, take a minute to assess your situation to then solve it. You can always just be flipping your rotation Mm -hmm. and see what looks good. You're not like having to plan things out in advance. So it's not really puzzling. It's just like it's movement. Which one's going to get me furthest in this one moment? Find it and then move forward. There's rarely anything that hinders you. You can take a shot at the dark, and if you fall, you reappear right up on the platform again. So the consequences are okay. non-existent. So you think they put fall damage in there just so that if you do fall, you do have to reset back at the top if you're trying to get down? So they could have levels where... Were there any levels where moving down was the main goal? You start at the top and then move down? Yes, definitely. Okay, um, so I wonder if that was... And the there was one... Fall damage. There's one that even like looped around on itself and <laughs> um, like fall out of the sky. Then if you fell too far and then crack. Your yeah. Legs. You'd just be falling, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, but yeah, some of the ones I didn't solve cause I didn't really need to, there was like a world that um, it was probably 64 doors. And if you entered one door, you'd like reappear in another door and that's it. You just, you had to solve this thing. That's all the info all all the info you had. It was that kind of like a try and remember which two doors are linked so you could finally find like the correct door you needed. Or so in the little bit that I explored, you could enter the same door and it'd take you to different locations. So it wasn't like you have to find the door at the end and like enter it. Or the door that's out that actually leads you somewhere else. It would literally, like, you take this door that you just popped out of, and it would take you to a different... So it's random, basically. Yeah, pretty much. So I was like, I don't have time for this. (laughs) I'm out of here. (laughs) There might have been a deeper puzzle in there. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) But that's the thing. I don't want a game that, like, uh, makes something so abstract that, like... I need something to bring me into the puzzle. Yeah. Not just that the fact there's a puzzle. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, that being said, uh, and I don't know if this is still true, but I think Phil Fish confirmed there's still one puzzle that has not been publicly solved. That uh, one of the deeper puzzles that requires all the decrypting of the languages and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm sure there is, but that's, that's, I mean, there's games from, 40 years ago at this point that people have just found out if you hold B while doing this puzzle, like it unlocks a new area. Like just because (laughs) something's in a game doesn't mean it should be solved or people should care about it. I'm just surprised with the data mining these days, you know, we get, uh, who's the other indie developer? I think, uh, binding of Isaac, binding of Isaac. Uh, Yeah. yeah. When they, when they got spoiled, lost. Yeah. They got data mined and everybody found out right away. And I think he wanted that to take like over a year or something like that. <laughs> but that one had hints and like you were always moving forward to that. So even in your natural progression of trying to unlock all the characters, it was giving you hints along the way um, that were clearly pointing you towards, hey, this is going to be a globe like a, uh, a community based mm-hmm. puzzle to solve. I think after that, didn't he turn to doing um, like uh, I forget the acronym for it, but real life is it ARG. Uh, that just sounds like action. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I believe so. Uh, Portal Two did that as well. Where I, I vaguely remember reading an article about people like 
finding a physical location somewhere in California to dig up a thing uh, that needed to be confirmed on the internet for him to patch in the next clue because he got sick of, of data mining. Um, oh, yeah. So it got he was like, okay, screw this. Let's go even further. Um, yeah, my my favorite is still uh, Portal Two. They did that really well because it was actually utilizing. Yeah, you should look it up after this because it was utilizing people like looking at the code and piecing together various things. And it wasn't all in code. So people could that were just like playing like they did an update to Portal One, I believe. And they were like, wait, this is new. And then if you look at that and like it was just a whole collaborative effort of people with different skills. And do you know what the what it led to? What was the. What was the end goal of this entire puzzle? Do you know? It was a new skin shoot, for the egg it? robot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a new hat. I don't know. I forget, but I'll have to look into it. But it was really exciting. I forget if it was like released early or something oh, because man. of it. I completely but missed was... all of this. I'll have to look into. Oh, it. you know, you know what it was, um, and it was oh, because Valve Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bundle of games that they released and so i have like a bunch of games in my inventory Mm -hmm. um that were just like little indie games that they kind of pieced out little clues and stuff in them so you'd be playing the games and you find like a potato and with (laughs) if you've played portal 2 like that has importance so (laughs) okay so you had to play these other games to help you with this puzzle for yeah, and you still had to look through the codes and stuff. Oh, but it was man, that's interesting. Okay. Beautiful time. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I enjoy that. I got into that for Metal Gear Solid Five. Everybody was really hoping there was a reason the story ended abruptly. And mm. uh, and people were making progress and found a hidden game within a game that, that you could play. And uh, By the end of it, though, I'm pretty sure it petered out and nothing came of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only one I've been involved in. But, but cool. Well, do we want to get to regrets? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you can uh, go first. Did you regret having this in your backlog for so long or regret playing it? When I first started, got to that first boss and spent more time on the boss than I did the level, I thought to myself, wow, I guess I'm regretting playing this game because it happened level two and level three. And I thought, man, this is a slog not enjoying this as much as I wanted to. But uh, as I got better at the game and got used to that learning curve, because there is a bit of one, um, it it definitely reverted over to uh, regretted having it on the backlog for so long. Turns out I'm just a scrub. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Regret having it in the backlog or regret playing it? I did. I mean, pretty much I said negative things about this the whole time. Um, but I think I regret having it in my backlog for so long. Um, it's, it was just four hours and like, it was kind of a look back into, um, like launching a whole new series of indie games that we enjoy today that like gave it new mechanics and helped build to other things. So pretty much from a, it complaints aside, it was still harmless and it was quick so uh yeah i regret having it having it in my backlog for so long oh okay i was worried you were going the other route with that cool all right well well uh so what are you gonna play next time 
I think I need to remember what I ah here we are. Uh, I I'm gonna jump into Undertale. I feel like it's another one of those historical indie games <laughs> that I keep running into. Okay. <laughs> Though I don't know when it. I feel like this was like the second wave or third wave of uh, big indie games. I don't think this was part of the first, right? No, definitely not. It's the kind of like you know how there's like modern and postmodern art. This ah, is like yes. the postmodern art. Like I see, we're I see. like we're somehow still in it, even though it's post. <laughs> but I don't know how that works exactly. But yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay, so Undertale. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in and see what all the hubbub is about that, so that it maybe I could hop into Deltarune when that finally gets completed. I don't know. Oh, is that not completed? I, thought, I believe I chapter was. one is out for free as of the recording of this podcast. And last I heard, he was looking for developers because he realized, uh, and I don't remember his name. Uh, uh, Toby Fox. Toby Fox uh, realized that it was a fairly large project that he himself could not <laughs> take on by himself. So Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and what about you? I am going to play a game that I got just about a year ago um, that I won through a raffle of Desert Bus, which is happening, well, when you're going to hear this, months ago, but it's November (laughs) right now. So, uh, yeah, it's been on my backlog for a year. Uh, I will see how long I actually play it because I doubt I'm going to be able to get to a finale. I don't even know if it has an actual finale or if it's just kind of a... uh, repeated game kind of thing mm-hmm. um but yeah i'll give that a shot and see how it goes all right did you <laughs> did i miss something did you say the name of the game you're gonna play i just heard desert oh Bus. no I <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna play darkest dungeon there we go uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing desert bus uh, do not yeah, so do not yeah, play yeah. okay okay good to know <laughs> that sounds brutally difficult so i i wish you the best of luck in that um well, all right i'll talk to you later then i guess maybe we'll talk about uh, some yeah. games definitely and if you want to uh shoot us emails give us comments tell us how we're wrong about not being nice enough to games you love or something like that yeah you email you us at love the backlog about fez everybody definitely. else loves uh, fez <laughs> kyle's probably wrong so probably <laughs> uh but yeah that's uh love the backlog at gmail.com uh, and thank you for all the feedback that we've gotten since we've started this. So we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Yeah. See you next time. Bye.